0: Welcome back to the Higher Cost Podcast. This week, we're going to be doing the truth of the week, and I'm really excited for what we're going to be doing this week and and what God has put on my heart to share with y'all. We're going to be talking about your hidden life, and it's okay, you don't have to freak out. I don't know exactly everything about your hidden life, but there is one who does, and that's really what we're going to talk about today. And uh, This idea actually sparked from a message I heard when I was in uh, chapel in my Bible college, and uh, it really sparked my interest, and as well as the story that I'm going to share with you today about a man, uh, a missionary, former missionary, uh, and his failure, that I heard when I was just a kid, and I was just baffled when I heard the story, and I couldn't even believe what was happening, And uh, but it all made sense, as the more I researched it, the more I looked into it, uh, the more I realized why things were happening the way that they were, and, and what was going on, and everything could be traced back to his hidden life, and what he was allowing to happen when he was alone, and what he was allowing to uh, be done when he when no one was looking. So we get our text, our verses from 1 Timothy 5, uh, verses 24 and 25, uh, and it reads, and I'll go ahead and read it to you, it says, Some men's sins are open beforehand, going before to judgment, and some they follow after. Likewise, also the good works of some are manifest beforehand, and they that are otherwise cannot be hid. You know, there's two trains of thoughts you can follow when you are reading this, these verses. There's the, uh, the first, verse 24, where it talks about the bad stuff. That's, you know, the sin and the deceit and the lying that you do in secret to yourself that will they'll eventually come out. Um, but also there's the second verse, the verse 25, where it speaks of the good things you do in life. And honestly, I've dealt with both. I, I spoke a little bit about how I traveled with a, a special ministry team that went around from church to church. And one thing I realized was there was those two kinds of people. There was either the people that had the hidden sin, they were struggling, or the people that had the insecurity or, or they felt that they weren't good enough. And they were doing what was right, but they just had a problem with the recognition aspect. They didn't feel like they were getting what they deserved. And so there's two kinds of, of trains of thought. In the first one, Let's dive into just a little bit, because that's really where our story today comes in into play. And, and like I said, I'll be reading little bits and pieces of it. It's a very big story, very big article. Uh, and I will post that article, link in the description, so you guys can read it for yourselves. I won't read the whole thing today, just a little bit. So the first aspect we have is the hidden life, the, the secret life, the, the life that you live when no one's looking. Okay, so that's what we're really talking about today. But I want to talk about the, the hidden sin aspect, the, the, what you do when no one's looking that you know is wrong. Eventually, you know, folks, that's going to come out, right? Those sin, God says that be sure your sin will find you out. You know, over and over again, you can read article after article about uh, different movements, you know, Christian religious movements who have had scandals, right? But when you read about them and you read, what, what's the story behind it? What's really going on? You find out that, wow, that there was stuff going on long before any of that took place. Long before they came out and were in a relationship, there were scandalous things going on at home, uh, whether that was in the pornography realm or whether that was uh, with uh, the texting realm. They were you know, messaging people that they shouldn't be messaging with, reminiscing old times like they shouldn't have been. And because of all of that, one thing led to the next, and they were in a relationship. See, people like that, they don't wake up, you know, one day and just, boom, they decide to have an affair. No, those things start in their secret life. Little compromises, things that they thought, well, that I will never be that bad. I will never do that. Well, eventually, that their little compromises in their spirit and in their conscience led to a 100% failure immorally. So I want to read a story today by a missionary called uh, named Nathan Luthold. I heard I originally heard this story when I was I think when I was it was either fourteen or fifteen years old when I heard the story, and I was just absolutely befuddled by everything that happened. I mean, it was it was news to me. I guess it was shocking that somebody could perform such a crime. Like that, I mean, it was something I wasn't used to in our circle. And when it happened, I was just shocked. I was a little kid, right? I was, you know, young. But as I read about it, and as I was told about it, I was just absolutely shocked. So like I said, I'm just going to read a little bit of the story today um, from an article a lady wrote. And like I said, it'll be in the link in the description. Uh, That way you can read the whole thing for yourself. It's very lengthy, so I won't be able to read it all uh, unless we're going to make this into an hour-long podcast, but uh, for time's sake, I won't do that. Okay, it reads, a former missionary, Nathan Luthold, was often described as a good person, but that persona was ripped to shreds when he decided to kill his wife. Nathan and his wife Denise were very active in their Lithuanian-oriented church, and before they had children, would often travel the world doing missionary work. They also brought a Lithuanian women who had escaped abusive relationships to the U.S. to help them live a better life. The day began like any other. They had their Valentine's Day traditions. and That morning, Nathan even woke up the kids and bathed them and got them ready while Denise made breakfast for the family. After they were ready, the kids were allowed to enjoy the, the Valentine's Day treat, that, and Nathan surprised Denise with chocolates and flowers waiting at the table before they sat down. After breakfast, the kids were taken to school, and Nathan headed to the church while Denise stayed home. But in 2013, things went awry. Instead of going to the church, uh, that's not what Nathan did. Instead, he drove Denise's car and uh, parked it, and uh, told, where he told the police he often visited and tossed the keys into the trash can. He returned home after he knew everybody except his wife would be gone for the day and killed her. He ransacked the house, and even taking things out of the house, including two guns, and broke a window to make it look like as if somebody had broken in. He opened the garage door and left. We don't know where he went, though later on, Janelle's daycare called Nathan to tell him that Denise had not come to pick her up. Nathan had phoned his in-laws to see if they had heard from Denise, and they told him that she hadn't answered her phone and offered to pick up Janelle. Nathan said he could do it. Uh, the, and he picked up Janelle and went to the home to check on Denise. This was when he called 911. It was around 3.15 when he calmly called the police as soon as he had got to the house. His daughter stated he looked like somebody had broken in. He said the window had been broken and the garage door was left open. Uh, he told them that he uh, wouldn't go inside Let's uh read. Let's skip down a little bit. It says during the investigation, the police decided to look into the trunk of Nathan's car. This was likely where they discovered where this was likely after they discovered the body and started to suspect that he might be involved. Inside, they found foreign currency, uh, different security box keys, and multiple fake passports. After that, they checked his phone and found that he had been texting a woman named Anna about being robbed, and she had responded with interesting. Smiley face. That served in, as enough evidence to bring Nathan in for questioning. Let's let's get, let's see. Let's skip down a little bit longer. It says Nathan had met Anna while he was with his family where, uh, on missionary work in Lithuania. Anna and her mother were heavily involved with the church, and Anna often helped out uh, with the Luthold's children. When they were when they had returned to the states, the Luthold sponsored Anna uh, as an exchange student, interested in music and ministry work. Luthold soon became obsessed with the young woman and had an extensive relationship with her. They used emails that he had sent uh, to her as evidence in the prosecution of the case. The trial lasted six days and had more than 40 witnesses. It seems, though, that the interrogation is what really sold the police the fact that Nathan killed his wife. I'll stop reading there, and and like I said, it's it's on. it's online if you want to read the full story. It's very interesting. You know, We have a guy here who was doing God's work. right? He was a missionary. He was called to preach. Went to Bible college. Uh, and had a moment of weakness. But see, his secret life and what he was doing when he was at home. He didn't just wake up one day and decide to kill his wife. No, no, no. He made a conscious choice that he was going to kill his wife after the fact he had already done so much other stuff. Right? They had emails and text messages, and he had been in an affair with this girl, and he had brought her to the U.S. and and there was things going on. And the thing is, he compromised in his in his secret life long before he ever he really compromised in his open life. There's a couple examples I, I, I think of when I think of people in the in the Bible who had a secret life, and some of them are great. And right, and, and the other half the story. I don't really want to, or the other half of the, the verses, I don't want to skip over that because there are some people who are they're not, might not be struggling with this whole secret life of sin, but they feel like, man, I ser- I'm serving God and I'm doing what I'm supposed to, but I'm not getting the recognition I deserve. God is a rewarder, right? He's not going to allow you to uh, to serve him and not be rewarded for it. He, he's going to reward you. Uh, he, he sees that, and one day those will be made manifest. For instance, one of my buddies who passed away recently, uh, I, the more I learn about him, the more I'm absolutely just just shocked at all the stuff he did to help people. So many stories of people who he, he mentored, people who he helped that, you know, he, he passed away at 25, and which is way too young. But in his short life, he did more than some 60-year-olds do in their, you know, in their entire life because he was fully just sold out to God. And he said, God, whatever you want me to do, I'll do it. And he had a secret life. And, um, you know, I was talking to his brother and uh, he was sharing some of the, you know, the blessings that he had gotten from his journal, his secret journal, and then as well as at the funeral that we read some of his journal entries and just what a secret life that man had, uh, my friend. And he just, he had a life that because of that, he was real and because his secret life was where it needed to be, his, his open life was so much affected, but he wasn't worried about being in the spotlight and God put him in the spotlight. God allowed his life to be used greatly. Um, So all that to say, if you're discouraged this, you know, today and you're saying, well, you know, I don't feel like I'm doing, I'm doing ministry, but I don't feel like I'm being recognized for it. That's okay. Sometimes God calls people to work behind the scenes, but he's not going to let you just go without recognition. You will receive that recognition one day, whether that's here on earth or whether that's in heaven, God will reward you. Okay, so when I I think of a secret life and I think of biblical examples, I often think of David. You know, David had a secret life. There were two types of David's secret life that we see. One was with Bathsheba, and we know that that did not end well, right? He lost his child, um, and his children after that just had a horrible, horrible experience. uh, You know, experiences. But we also have an entire book of Psalms because of a man's secret life. You know, he chose to be alone with God and to learn this, you know, to learn how to meet with God. And man, there's so many times in my life where I went to this book of Psalms and it's just been such an encouragement to me. And it all comes from somebody that has a secret life. You know, God might be teaching you lessons, you know, he might be calling you to start a podcast or even calling you to, to write a book or to do something for him that just seems impossible. You know, when David wrote the book of Psalms, I'm sure he wasn't thinking, wow, people are going to read this 2000 years later but we are. You know, this was thousands and thousands of years ago, you decided to write the book of Psalms, and we have it today, and use it. You know, Psalm 23, one of the most well-known, well-quoted verse, you know, chapters in the entire Bible, all comes from a man's secret life, a life that he chose to have a secret life in. So, all that to say, David's secret life led to uh, the book of Psalms, and led to Uh, letting us know how we can live a life of victory and how we can be with God on a deeper level. Uh, I'll give you one more example. Uh, Samson. Uh, This is a negative example. Obviously, we know the story of Samson. Samson had a secret life. You know, Samson, when he was alone, left to himself, did a lot of things that are quite ridiculous. You know, Samson was the most, you know, the strongest, most tough guy you, you'd ever see, right? He could, he lifted the, you know, gates and carried them, you know, up a mountain, and he, he just, man, he was a man's man. With all that strength and all that gifts that God, gifts that God had given him, he still fell. You know, he fell, and when, the way he fell, you know, he, he fell to a, a lady, you know, a young woman who, you know, seduced him and caused him to give up his secret of his hair and, and caused him to lose all his strength. And, and we look at that, how silly, but yet we are seduced and we are, um, tricked and fooled in our secret lives to get it, to, to indulge in things that are just as silly. You know, it's, it's funny. There's certain people that they can't go a day without drinking a cup of coffee. If they do, they get headaches and oh man, it's, it's bad for them. And you know, it's a funny excuse, but Kind of ridiculous. Now, you know, for a long time that was me, so I can't really make fun of that too much because I was addicted to coffee. But, you know, I chose uh, not to not let that, you know, cause. I wasn't gonna let something like that have it have a reaction on me and cause me to create have the cravings and stuff like that. That was a personal choice. But all that to say, we we laugh at Samson for having ridiculousness, you know, and, and making a ridiculous choice. But yet we do the same thing on a daily basis. So I don't think it's really that fair to, to make fun of him, but we can learn from him, for sure. Uh, we can't give him a hard time, but we can definitely learn from him and learn the do's and the don'ts. You know, if God has called you to something, if God has specifically given you a mission like he did to Samson, if you choose to disobey God, there will be consequences. That's that's the truth. For Nathan Luthor, there was consequences for what he did. He's spending a lot of years in prison because he murdered his wife, right? There's a lot of consequences there. But... At the same time, when you serve God and you're doing what you should be doing, and you are meeting with Him in your secret life, there's also going to be consequences. But the consequences aren't bad. <laughs> they're more I would say more than the word consequences. I'd use the word their privileges, they're privileges. Uh, they're blessings that he gives you. You know, and like I said, if you if you feel, you know, God's calling me to start a podcast, but I'm just not I'm just nervous or I don't know, God will give you the strength. God will enable you. He's not gonna give us leave us servant out to dry. Okay, so as we wrap up today, I just want to challenge us in the fact that we have a secret life. And how we choose to live our secret life, how we choose to to be, to be interact in our hidden times, is how we're going to interact in public. One day, you know, that sin will come out. Be sure your sin will find you out. It'll come out one day. The question is, when it comes out, you know or, or or on the flip side your good life will come out so the question is what's going to come out when you're exposed you know we love the modern media loves to expose people and expose their either their hidden life you know celebrities what if your life was put on you know getting exposed was put on a big screen for everyone to see you know you walk into a theater and, and that is what you see is is your life your biography and it's not it's uncut i'm talking raw footage Would you be excited about what you're seeing or would you be ashamed? Let me leave you with this last challenge. The whole point of this, the action step, so to speak, is don't compromise. Don't allow yourself those little compromises. Obviously, some of it's hard, right? It's hard. And there's times when you're going to feel like you don't want to do it. It's like, I don't want to, 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 not allow myself what I want, but here's the issue. Every time you make a small compromise, it leads to a larger compromise, which leads to a larger compromise. And before you know it, you've compromised in every way, and you're in the exact same boat Nathan Luthal is in. So, all that to say, if you let little compromises come in, eventually enough little compromises will lead to a big compromise. And I understand it's not going to be easy. And that's where... You have to ask the Lord for strength. you got to say, God, I can't do this. But you can. You can help me through this. And it's claiming the power that you've already been given. You know, God, if, if you're saved and you know Jesus as your Savior, you have him living inside of you. His power, his might, and his wisdom is inside of you. The Bible says in James, If any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God, Who giveth to all men liberally, and abradeth not. And it shall be given unto him. We know that. That's a truth. That's a promise. God says, If you need wisdom, if you need help, I'm here. Come unto me. I'm here. And so how you live your secret life will affect every other aspect of your life, your open life, your public life. Well, that's all I have for you today. Thank you for listening to the Word uh, Truth of the Week And I am so excited for what God has on the horizon. Next podcast, Lord willing, we will have a new person uh, joining me. It'll be not just me anymore, you hear behind the microphone, uh, but I will have a co-host. I'm super excited to introduce him to you guys. Um, I am excited for what God's going to do through the whole situation, and we have a lot of fun things planned for the future. I would like to uh, contact some people, and we're going to have them on the podcast. And again, if you uh, who are listening have any comments, questions, concerns, or even you think you might have something that you'd love to share with the podcast, let me know. Email me. Uh, the email will be in the description. And so I would absolutely love to hear from you guys. Uh, but uh, that's all I have for you today. So God bless, and thank you for listening.